Uh, this is Lindsey Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast, recorded Friday, September the 16th. In this week's edition, we're going to talk about Governor Hutchinson and Attorney General Leslie Rutledge endorsing discrimination of LGBTQ people, similar demagoguing happening at the Conway School Board, the death of Ken Starr, the latest on the ethics scandal involving Senator Alan Clark, and who knows, maybe some more. I'm joined don't again. For, don't, forget, don't, forget, don't forget our governor's candidate's health. Yeah, that's a yeah, good point. I'm joined, uh, as you hear again, by Max Brantley, who's uh, back from a trip. I'm back from a month out. I wish I hadn't come back. <laughs> well, let, let, uh, I ask you this usually when you come back. What was the best thing that you ate while you're on your, your vacation? Oh, God, the best single thing. I had a lot of good stuff. Well, you know, I'm not the biggest candy guy in the world, but I had a piece of candy in Turin, Italy, that's the best piece of candy I ever ate in my life. It's called wow. it's called a Cavour, and it's it's got a chocolate hazelnut shell, and the inside is kind of chocolate hazelnut. If you've ever had a bocce, it's kind of like the best bocce ever were, ever made. The, in, the internal part of the candy is almost liquid chocolate. It's just, it's incredibly good. But I also had some great eggplant caponato at a restaurant in Trieste. And, oh, I just had, oh, well, actually, I had a, a wonderful uh, deal, dish of paella in, uh, in Valencia, Spain, on the last day of the trip. And it was really memorable. So, anyway, it was good eats all over. It was cool. Got to love paella. Well, uh, this was by far not the most important news story of the week. But since we both just finished watching uh, a torturous proceeding involving the Alan Clark ethics scandal. Let's start there, just since it's fresh in our our mind. Well, right, it was just three or four hours of interminable, stupid Senate debate, which is kind of an oxymoron, I guess, but speaking of morons, but, but, uh, you know, Alan Clark was found guilty of an ethics violation for claiming money for a meeting he didn't intend. And shortly after, he threatened to burn down the Senate by filing complaints against as many other people as possible. And his first one happened to be against the black Democratic state Senator Stephanie Flowers for receiving uh, some expense payments for meetings she attended remotely, not in person, which the rules didn't allow. Well, it was a clerical error by the Senate staff. When she discovered it, she reported it and she paid the money back. And the, the Senate Ethics Committee, which is totally stacked with Republicans, found that she'd acted properly and acted reasonably and had not done anything wrong. And then furthermore, said that Alan Clark had filed a frivolous complaint, had acted recklessly and said he should be punished for doing it. Well, the Senate today, first of all, quickly and expeditiously agreed with the Senate's findings that Stephanie Flowers had done nothing wrong. The vote was 29 to zero with one abstention, I guess, by Trent Garner, who also had gotten paid money for meetings he didn't attend, but Clark didn't file complaints against him because he's a soulmate. But Clark came prepared, Alan Clark came prepared to make all kinds of arguments about how he hadn't acted recklessly, even though he voted with the other members of the Senate to say that indeed Stephanie Flowers hadn't broken any of ethics rules. I guess he just wanted to defend that he acted in good faith. He just was terribly wrong about it all. Uh, but the, as the thing dragged on and there were procedural debates and stuff and people wanted to go home and thank goodness for me, they quit and recess and they'll come back and hear the Alan Clark complaint uh, defense. That is at some future point, I will be surprised that the Senate doesn't uphold the finding that his, that his 
his action was frivolous because clearly on the record it was. I, I don't know what real legitimate defense he can offer, but but we should but we shall see. And I also something that didn't come up today was uh, uh, Senator Hickey, who's the Senate President Pro Tem, apparently has a rule change in the offing to somehow deal with the issue about frivolous complaints. But it didn't get it hadn't been distributed to senators before they met today, and it, they didn't get around to it today. So that's that's another thing to be decided at a future time. Senate, of course, is entirely controlled by conservatives. Uh, so Clark usually has plenty of friends on the issues, but uh, it was pretty easy today to see that he uh, does not have many allies on this particular issue. There, there are the the the, the true faithful, the the Trent Gardners and and Mark Johnsons, but uh, a, a number of a very conservative senators who would normally vote with them seemed exhausted by the oh, whole yeah. issue. And, and, and I have to him. give I have to give a rare word of praise to Kim Hammer, who is they don't come more conservative and more crazy in some respects about matters political and religious than Kim Hammer. But he was chair of the ethics committee and he presented without apology and in, in a pretty clear fashion the case that Flowers was innocent and Clark was guilty. And and I, I would guess a number of times that Clark and Hammer don't vote alike on on issues in the Senate is infinitesimal. That They almost always vote the same way on just about everything. But uh, Hammer stood up on this one and, and he didn't seem inclined to uh, cut any slack to, to Alan Clark. And I, Alan Clark's a bully and a jerk, you know, and he... Everybody suspects he's basically cheating on per diem by claiming a residence in Hot Springs that's far enough to get the big per diem when he actually lives in Lonsdale, which is too close to get the big per diem. He's just a jackass, you know, and I think even even in among jackassery, there's there's bigger jackasses than others. I, I noticed one of the people that, that gave him a hard time today was Blake Johnson, who, again, they don't get more out there than Blake Johnson. So. Yeah, well, th- th- this is is probably only interest for those who are caught up in and under the dome uh, hijinks and get a kick out of procedure. But there was there was crying and there was a long debate on uh, what the word frivolous means. And uh, there was about to be an appearance from Clint Lancaster, who's made a name as the attorney representing Hunter Biden's baby mama. So there's a lot going on. Uh, you, you may want to tune in when they reschedule if, if all that. Yeah, no, I mean, there's, it's it's. No, it, it had a certain car wreck entertainment value. Yeah. All right. Well, let, let's move on to, to bigger issues. And as you rightly pointed out, the, the real big story of the day was uh, the announcement from Sarah Huckabee Sanders campaign that she'd had uh, thyroid surgery after a uh, cancer scare. Yeah, she'd been uh, diagnosed with thyroid cancer, and they removed her thyroid gland and the surrounding lymph nodes, and uh, she proclaimed herself cancer-free, and she included a statement from her doctor who said that uh, she had a very good prognosis. She'd get some additional radiation drug treatment, but that uh, this was a very common form of things, and that he felt very good about, about her condition, and she should be back on the campaign trail before long. Uh, she's a young woman and and uh, seemingly in good health. 
prior to this and no reason to think anything of it, but it's not something that you want to have occur during the course of a campaign. And I, I, I can't help but remember that Republicans were making huge hay out of the health problems John Fetterman's have in Pennsylvania, where he's the front runner to, to take a, a Senate seat away from the Republicans. And I, Sarah Huckabee Sanders doesn't take questions, so I don't think they'll have any news conferences where we're discussing her cancer treatment. But uh, what we know at this point is that she indeed had cancer. She indeed had surgery and she indeed has a doctor who says her out health outlook is good. Yeah, and I, don't, I I saw this uh, on Twitter, uh, but she doesn't she doesn't even give the Arkansas Times any kind of news. Her campaign does not provide us with with uh, news releases already. So, no, no, it's it was no right. It was not said. It, they posted on their website. I think that's going to be their methods of distribution is is putting it on the website. Now they they, they may. They may distribute it to some special people. I don't know. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll watch out. Uh, so Governor Hutchinson and Attorney General Leslie Rutledge had a ridiculous press conference this week to essentially endorse discriminating LGBTQ people. Yeah, you know, it, Rutledge had already tipped it off by saying she was going to join other attorneys generals and fighting the, the Biden administration proposal to to say that Title IX about sexual issues in schools and colleges uh, includes protection in terms of sexual orientation and gender identity for, for people who are in school. And and so we knew, I mean, Leslie has, has made a career out of, of demonizing transgender people. But it was really disappointing to me, if not wholly surprising, that, that Governor Hutchinson lent his office as a platform for this kind of hatred. Uh, he made it. He made it sound like it was all about the existential threat to women's athletics by having people who were presumably born as men, but who transitioned to compete in women's in athletics. As of yet, there hasn't been a single case of this happening in Arkansas, and precious few around the country. There's a tiny handful of transgender people in the United States to begin with. They're terribly oppressed. They get killed. They commit suicide. They have terrible difficulties because they're such a different thing to people to understand and that he joined in and said that this was somehow a threat to women's athletics was terrible and it's just part of a national republican campaign it's it's being used all over the country by republicans because they're getting hammered by the end of abortion uh rights is is brought about by their supreme court joe biden's making some headway on economic issues creating some bipartisan legislation, doing good things in a number of areas, averting a railroad strike, apparently. And so what they've got is, is transgender people to, to beat up on. And it's, it's, it's really kind of disgusting to, to pick on this, this really terribly discriminated against group to somehow win political points. But the important point that I think was missed by reporting that wholly focus on this women's and athletics thing, which I happen to think is a non-issue anyway. But Governor Hutchinson said in very clear terms that that it is against Arkansas values to endorse a policy that prevents discrimination against LGBT people, not just transgender people, but gay people. 
And in fact, that's Arkansas law. Arkansas civil rights law does not protect gay people from discrimination in employment, in housing, and in public accommodations. They passed a law that prevented local governments from protecting gay people. And uh, school boards around Arkansas are busy attacking literature about gay people and any kind of humane treatment of gay people. So this is a real issue. And Governor Hutchinson, in very clear and direct terms, ignored the fact that, in fact, the Biden administration hasn't yet developed a rule about athletic participation by transgender women, but has said that it doesn't want to discriminate against gay people. And he's said that Arkansas will fight this in court if necessary when it comes to it. And it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's a signal of just how far he will stoop to, to be a candidate for president in the Republican Party. And it's, uh, it's another bit of fallacism by, by a governor who's been prone to this sort of thing on other issues before. And it's any respect that he's given by people on the moderate end of the scale is is undeserved. He he's a he's a wolf in, in moderate sheep's clothing, and in the end, when it comes down to it, he will side with the worst the worst intentions and the worst and the darkest angels of Arkansas. And he did it again yesterday. And shame on him. Yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, as somebody said, we already knew Leslie Rutledge was the was the Lauren Boebert of Arkansas. That was established long ago. But but Hutchinson erased what little consideration he'd earned. Yesterday. Yeah, well, I, I've said before, his, I think his chief political skill is appearing more moderate than he is. I don't think that really helps him in today's Republican Party. Uh, no, he'll be viewed as a rhino. I don't think it does him any good. Somebody said, well, maybe he'll be the Mike Pence vice president on the DeSantis ticket. I don't know. Ugh. <clears throat> It was a really bad week for uh, the LGBTQ community in Arkansas. Uh, you had uh, the revelation that the Arkansas Travs had uh, refused to allow a, a drag queen to to throw out uh, a pitch in in its uh, LGBTQ. I think it's a Pride event night, uh, and then this horrible display at the Conway School Board that. Uh, Tom supporter Deborah Hale Shelton covered closely, uh, where they they started talking about uh, banning books that had to do with gender and sexuality and and a restroom policy along similar lines. And it uh, the the meeting ended with some violence that seemed well. Like it was, it it was ugly. I mean, the people who were elected to control the school board, ousting better people made it clear that they're in control and they don't give a damn about what other people say. All the comments at this meeting were against this inhumane treatment of, of sexual minorities. But uh, one of the women who were who attended the session in support of non-discrimination was assaulted after the meeting, was apparently punched by a man who was at the meeting. There's no arrest yet. The, the, it's hard to believe the circumstantial evidence doesn't point exactly toward an assault against her for her view on this issue. And then another person who was there, sympathetic to LGBT causes, reports what appears to be a gunshot through her window later that night. Perhaps it was coincidental, perhaps it was not. I noticed uh, the Conway police trying to say, well, we're not sure that was a gunshot. Maybe it was a rock or something, I don't know. But the Conway police are notoriously bad politically anyway. Uh, so we'll see about that. But two, uh, two, uh, 
incidents that look an awful lot like they were related to this pitched controversy in Conway, which again is yet another another fallout from the Trump years where there used to be things that people believed but that they couldn't say, but he's now given voice to violence, to discrimination against racial minorities, to discrimination against sexual minorities, and sort of a, a proud repudiation of, uh, of, of decency by people who support Trump. And, you know, I still don't believe they're a solid majority, but at 38 percent, given gerrymandering and the Electoral College, and that might be enough. It certainly is at the Arkansas legislature. Well, and, and in the governor's race, I mean, that's Sarah Sanders has, has made a, a education a big part of her campaign, but her focus has almost entirely been on these made up indoctrination. Yeah. Yes, on on these on these liberal on these issues that the Republicans are working on. Oh, she'll be a disaster as a governor educationally. School vouchers will explode. Discrimination against all sorts of others will be uh, fully supported. It, it'll be a, it'll be a terrible day. I think we're seeing we're nearing the end of egalitarian public education in Arkansas, if not the entire country. All right. Uh, finally, let's let's talk about the the death of Ken Starr, someone that you covered extensively over the years. Well, a number of people said it before I did, and that's uh, the old saying. I think maybe attributed to Betty Davis. We should uh, only say good things about the dead, and Ken Starr is dead, and that's good. Uh, <laughs> there, there, there were a lot of people who who thought he should live longer and, and catch more grief for the things he's done. But let's not kid ourselves. He was a he was a political appointee who tried every which way to get Bill Clinton because he didn't like Bill Clinton. He was not a good prosecutor. Uh, he was repudiated on prosecutorial grounds, but he finally, thanks to Bill Clinton's sexual proclivities, was able to nail him online about an embarrassing affair with Monica Lewinsky. And so he got away with that. He did it with a pornographic uh, report that, that ended up doing nothing but encouraging sympathy for Bill Clinton. He did have as a trusted lieutenant, Brett Kavanaugh, who we now see on the U.S. Supreme Court carrying forward the, the star mantle of persecuting your enemies. Uh, but that wasn't all about Starr. He uh, worked out a special deal for Jeffrey Epstein, the, the child molester. He uh, defended Donald Trump against impeachment, against all the evidence that showed he should was not fit for office. And even worse than that, this this sexual prude, this guy who persecuted Bill Clinton for lying about sex, presided over an enormous sex scandal when he was president of Baylor University, basically turned a blind eye to, to, to rape by football players because they had a good football team. This man, and and there was also a report late in his career that he'd carried on an extramarital himself with, uh, with uh, somebody he'd, he'd worked with. So uh, anybody who wants to defend Ken Starr on any ground will will not hear it from me. He ruined lives in Arkansas. He drove people into bankruptcy. He was uh, an unrelenting persecutor in Arkansas, and he upset the whole political order in Arkansas, creating a pathway to the governorship for Mike Huckabee, uh, something that we will be paying for yet again, probably in the coming years, in the person of his daughter, who who is kind of combines the worst of both her mother and her father. So. Uh, Ken Starr, uh, no, he will he will not be remembered fondly in, in, in my household. 
that was that was an excellent summation. Let's let's end it there. It's a good final word. Uh, what do you have to endorse this week? Uh, well, uh, I, I, I was going to endorse Turin, Italy. It's not a place that's high on the on the American tourist map. Which, in in one respect, it's a northern Italy. In one respect, is good. There's plenty of tourists there, but they don't happen to be American tourists like in Rome. You almost never hear anybody on the street except English. But it's this fabulous city full of monumental architecture, incredible food. It's the home of, of, of Fiat, and there's, a, there's just an incredible auto museum there that, that the owners of Fiat have financed. It's a wonderful visit. Uh, it's where the slow food movement began, and it's the, the home of the very first Italy, this Italian food supermarket and its main office and, and Turin is just it's just it's just fabulous. We, we just we just love Turin. It was and they have this tradition, the aperitivo in Turin, where during cocktail hour you order a drink and they bring you just this vast array of free food. Just oh. and it's just I mean salami and cheese and olives and and, and bread and and you can, it's a, like about a three hour period and you don't really need to buy a drink and a good cocktail, you have a nice Negroni and you can eat just all you possibly need to eat for free. Anyway, I, I'd go back to Turin in a minute. One wonderful visit. Oh, that sounds amazing. And a, and a world, and a world-class cinema museum, which we were reluctant to visit and didn't go to. And everybody said we were wrong because I was afraid that the, language barrier would be a problem but they say it's not and of course there have been any number of fabulous italian movies over the years and so i probably made a mistake in not going there but that's on the next visit well i want to endorse the debut album from our friend and colleague stephanie smittle uh, I'm, I'm sure that many of our listeners know stephanie's writing she's the longtime culture editor at the arkansas times and uh just a, a brilliant writer of on, on not only arts issues but but everything she she writes about general topics as well but she's a, a brilliant musician uh I, I think a lot of people who who go out uh, have known that for years she's she's played in a tremendously wide variety of acts she's in the kind of southern sludge medley band iron tongue she played with mashuga the klesmer band she sings uh i think at Christchurch in the choir and has for years and years so she's got a ton of range but her new album uh she plays the auto harp she got into auto harp during the pandemic it's it's a kind of folky instruments 36 strings has a, a really kind of haunting tone or at least it does when she plays it and she has a a stunning voice when you see her live you you will go quiet just to listen closely to her and for those who've read her writing you won't be surprised to know that she's just a, a really talented lyricist as well she's she is just a genius i mean yeah. just 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 let me say that well so go buy our album uh it's available uh it's on all the streaming platforms but you know support your artists and and buy their stuff uh you can buy a cd and she newly has vinyl, which I was really excited about. And I got mine the day that it came out. Um, you can get the vinyl. I know at Control uh, in Hillcrest. It's also, I think, at Arkansas CD and Record Exchange. Or you can just write her at Stephanie Smittle at ARKTimes.com and she'll, she'll sort you out. Uh, 
All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and welcome back, Max. We will be back with you next week. We'll see you. Good night.